This is episode 19 of Dead Letter Radio. As always, I'm your host, Taze, and this is the podcast with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast. As always, you guys are the star of each and every episode as I read your poetry, short stories, letters, and everything in between. I just share your words that you provide, give it a platform and an audience, but you really are the ones that all the credit should go to. So, we have a really great episode today planned out with some amazing pieces, Um, but first let's go through my little habit I've been getting into, which kind of makes me feel like an amateur meteorologist, and by that I mean I just look up what the weather says, but this episode will air on Sunday, April the 11th at 7 a.m. EST as always, and it looks like outside of the weather we had, it's a little dip in the temperature, still warm though. Uh, We have a high of 64 degrees with some p.m. showers in my area. Once again, this is in Fahrenheit. Um, But today was an amazing day as we hit 80 degrees, which is hot for April. (laughs) A little too hot, but still uh, amazingly beautiful. And I hope that you guys are able to enjoy the wonderful weather. If you're having wonderful weather in your area, uh, staying safe, obviously, if your place is still in lockdown. But I hope you are able to get out, get some fresh air especially if you've been indoors for the majority of the last year. Before we get started, too, I wanted to do a quick announcement. If you have submitted from Reddit before, or if you follow me on Twitter, you would have heard about this, but we now have a post on the subreddit OC Poetry. So there that will give uh, make it clear and easy how people can submit uh, their poems to the podcast, as well as give Um, a wider audience a chance to share their works and their words, especially uh, aspiring writers and poets. Um, If you don't know what the OC Poetry subreddit is, it's all about original poetry. You can submit your own and get feedback on it. You also provide feedback to others. So it's just a really great place to start building up your foundation, uh, really nailing down the basics and uh, improving your wordsmith skills. And then, you know, if you want to use it too as a stepping tool to just better yourself or maybe to even get into publishing, I think it's a great community to start in. Uh, So check that out if you haven't already. But without further ado, let's get started with our first piece. This first one is by, and this is how they want me to present themselves, an Irish writer by the name of Teresa. And she goes by on Reddit, Sexy Fenian, and the title is, I Wish I Were a Bird. I wish I were a bird. To be clear, I will not be a hawk and drift over the mountains, perched with a limp rabbit bleeding from my beak, or a crow violently rubbaging, dominating, disorganizing old tins and rubbish, never truly full. But to be a goldfinch in woodland and settle in contentment beneath the cedar and the umber, a robin in the winter, my frost-lined legs, me, cherishing the butter-golden windows reflected on my berry-blue eyes, but of all, to feel the cold lake fog filter through my pure white feathers, to refuge my head in the murky sage abysses, to pull the ripple by my wings and leave behind my indentation, classical and elegant, like a swan, a swan I will be. So thank you, Teresa, for sharing this lovely piece. Uh, We have a few that are kind of somehow just worked out to be ones that are kind of leaning into the spring and summer uh, weather vibe. And uh, this one kind of gave me the spring 
uh, logging and the warming of the seasons. Um, so I think maybe people just got a little bit of the warm bug going around. But I really enjoy this piece, Teresa. I love the visuals of it. And to me, the progression of uh, what freedom uh, means uh, to the narrator in this, at least that's how I'm interpreting it. Because to me, and I think to a lot of people, birds mean freedom. You can to be free of gravity and the soar above the clouds and make any other place on this planet that your wings can carry you home without being tied down uh, by the physics that we are specifically in terms of we're unable to flap our arms and fly, um, but also the responsibilities and uh, just to fully enjoy life. I think that's how a lot of people view birds, or at least I, how I do. But then I like how you narrow it down to maybe not being something uh, so, what's the word, um, ravenous for growth or adventure or excitement in, in one way. You know, you're not a predator. You're not so swift for the hunt or a crow that, as you say, is never truly full, that is always hunting and looking. But to be something content something classical and elegant as you put it like a swan and i like how you finally as you go through this list of birds with features that maybe you don't necessarily would want to be and then highlighting the ones that you value and then ending with your decision to be like a swan and before i move on it kind of reminds me of how at least how i thought about my progression at least so far in life growing up i've part of me always wanted to be something very exciting um, something that has a lot of uh, merit and worth, but also is kind of showy, I guess you could say. And maybe that's an ego issue, I don't know. Um, but as I've grown older, the more I wanted to be something that's just content, uh, to be more focused on more of the quiet aspects of life than the exciting, loud parts. Um, and so this poem in that way really resonated with me. So thank you. This next one is by Pins and Weedles at Reddit. And it is titled, Summer Heat. Snuffed out. I ran an extra mile just to shake the thoughts from my head. I found myself in your neighborhood, ten miles from my own. And your father told you not to let me in, because he knew more than me about men like me and what we like to do. I asked for a glass of water, the first words to spill out of my mouth that day. You snuck me a spare bottle for the road while your father still watched me like a hawk, waiting to pounce on field mice, or what he might have suspected to be another adolescent bird of prey. His thoughts soared above my head, too caught up in my own world, having just run the ten miles to some place I did not know. I didn't know why I was running, or where I was going, just that I was having a bad day, or an episode, and it was hot out, and my blood was steaming, and I thought it was a sign from God or serendipity that I ended up in a neighborhood on the right side of the tracks where I knew someone. I didn't set a foot inside, but I still felt the artificial chill of the air conditioning as we sat on your porch steps, front door wide open. You asked how I ended up here, and I told you I was just in the neighborhood for a stroll. Men don't talk about these things, and so I omitted the parts about the bad day, and the episode, and all the thoughts that I had just snuffed out 
with the threat of heat stroke. Cooled off, I thanked you for the bottle of water, waved goodbye to your father, though I didn't know where he was, and started the walk back home. So thank you, Pins and Weedles, for sharing another wonderful piece. Now, we discussed a little bit about it. Um, I'm going to stay brief on kind of what we discussed, because I do like how you guys are able to draw your own conclusions. Um, but from my reading and their description of the poem, I have to agree in a lot of terms. What I really liked and what ties it all together outside of the amazing imagery and the scenery and um, the feeling of being in this poem and being the narrator, uh, I liked the the fact that the line goes, men don't talk about these things. And so I omitted the parts about the bad day and the episode and all the thoughts. In society, I guess depending on where you grow up, um, but at least I know that where I live, it can be, at least at times, tough, um, speaking from just my male perspective, to share maybe your more vulnerable times, uh, your vulnerable thoughts. You know, you feel a, that society expects you to be a man, that you're supposed to be tough inside and out, emotionally distant. We don't even have to go into hobbies, but you're, you know, you expect to be able to fix things, yada yada, and and maybe you're not expected just to have bad dates or, you know, to have crying nights or dark negative thoughts that are beyond just anger. And then you go, and the poem also goes into the father's point of view, an older male. And he sees this young adolescent come to his house, and his assumption is that the narrator is only there uh, to do harm to his family, uh, to fulfill his own um, base desires, if you will, um, not giving even the chance or acknowledgement that there could be something deeper going on, that it could just be a young boy or man having a bad day needing to clear his head. And then the other person in the house, which you may view as a male or female, to, um, but they offer and sneak the water bottle, and they're there as support, and yet we, or the narrator, I should say, choose not to indulge them in their thoughts, even though they knew each other. And I guess with this piece, one of the things I do want to highlight is we all have bad days. I can relate to this poem of sometimes it's going on a drive or especially going on walks, which I like to do a lot, when there's something heavy on my mind or I'm just feeling out of it. But it's also okay to open up to people. Not Don't be ashamed because you have negative thoughts. We all have negative thoughts. You can't have the positive without the negative, unfortunately. So find someone to confide in, to share. Have a few people to confide in that you're comfortable with, but start somewhere with it. You don't have to bundle it all in, bottle it all in, I should say. Uh, you're not alone. Um, and you know that I'm, once again, cheering and rooting for you. Uh, so that is my, I guess, my little rant that this poem kind of caused. But I do really enjoy this one, Pins and Weedles, so thank you uh, for sharing. By a sleep egg two three four two on Reddit, this piece is called "When the Cicadas Sing." Nestled between weathered sycamores and thorny vines, travels a vein of gushing, hungry water. When the cicadas sing, 
all sinful secrets thrown into the opaque water will tumble downstream, never to be recalled again. That's what a tricky criminal once told me. I rolled my eyes back, deeming the felon's information worthless. But as I gazed into the mysterious median, I wondered if the hungry catfish gnawed on forgotten, decaying bodies, or if rusty weapons really hugged the sinking, muddy bottom. It didn't matter. At least, it didn't then. Tender, luscious grass melted into yellow, dry straw. As the swarming and buzzing bloodsuckers multiplied, the cicada's singular song turned into a symphony. Standing upon the steep bank, the muddy stream roared from recent hurricanes. Plop! I imagined the helpless pebble surrendering to deadly current. After the sun had fell and the sticky humidity partly subsidized, I encountered a guy beaming with naked eyes of blue, an ambience of gray smog and golden skin of youth. His eyes prayed, gripping a lighter. Soon, ashes fell to the ground. He inched closer, unaware of my resistance. Advancement upon advancement, he held down my hips and offered his lips. I offered a sting that dug deep into his stomach, his heart, his breath. Hot red blood on dry, cracked dirt. A lifeless body laying limp upon the ground. My heart racing and palms sweating, I pondered and pondered on the next action. But a mosquito whispered and reminded me of a solution. One that would disappear underneath the river's praying hands. When the innocent birds perch and the harmonic cicadas sing, I will go to the running river, not for innocent pleasure, but to hide unspeakable sins underneath the swirling murky water. This stays between you and me. So thank you very much, Asleep Egg, for sharing uh, this great narrative piece. Um, we discussed a little bit about it, and I do want to give a quote from Asleep regarding this piece, where they said, At first, I had no specific direction. I just wanted to capture a humid, sticky night with the muddy water gushing, and the bugs chirping that I kept picturing. I have written short stories almost all my life, but never poetry, and in an extended version, I wanted to showcase my storytelling skills with tons of imagery and in a unique way that poetry allows. So, reason I really wanted to include uh, this quote from Asleep is that transfer of mediums, um, being a story writer and using the skills to apply it to poetry and doing a narrative poem. And maybe you can say all poetry is narrative, um, but sometimes, as I said before, they capture like just a little scene at times. And so then using a poem to spell out a what can be considered like a flash, flash fiction piece maybe, or a very short story, um, I think is always a fun and can be a unique challenge to make it all fit and feel like a poem while still telling that tale, uh, but pays off really well if you're able to do it. And I think, at least in my eyes, this piece really fits the bill. If you're interested in reading more modern narrative poetry, I would also suggest checking out this book called Sharp Teeth. 
It's been a while since I read it, and I don't have it next to me to get the author. But it's called Sharp Teeth, Red Cover, Black Dog on it, if that helps at all. Um, but that whole uh, book is written as a modern kind of epic poem, uh, while still telling its tale very well. So it's something I picked up and read uh, because I wanted to see more examples of pieces like this. So this next one is by Sunlim013 and their alternate account, My Shiny Analyst, at uh, Instagram. Both accounts are on Instagram. One's their main poetry account. One's their personal, I believe. And this one is titled Two's Company. I oft dream of lying in one's amorous embrace. Seek comfort when life is tiring, looking at one's familiar face. Yet in an era of loneliness, I find myself getting by. In recluse, I find happiness instead of a hopeless sigh. Though that dream does not cease to linger in my mind, it remains a hermit's timepiece, ticking until I find. The one to share my life with, to share my solitude. One loner's joy is not a myth, perhaps two is just as good. So thank you, Sunlim, for sharing uh, this piece. And every now and then we do get one with a little bit of rhyme playing it, which is always fun. The idea of what's better, to be alone or to be in a relationship. Well, each has their pros and cons. And if you're content being alone, will being in a relationship be better or worse for your own personal taste? You know, I think this poem kind of tackles that idea of if we are alone and if we're happy being alone, our mind might still wander to that place of what would it be like to have a significant other, to share our time and thoughts and our physical embrace with them. Not saying we're lacking anything now, but would that change be something better for us? And as you bring out in Recluse that you find happiness instead of a hopeless sigh. But it doesn't really get rid of that longing or, I should say, um, curiosity. And so I really like this piece just because it doesn't frame either as better or worse. It's just framed as there are two different ways to live. And you can be content, possibly, with either one. Um, but there's only one way you can find out. And so thank you uh, for sharing this, uh, Sunlim. By Emily Jane Burton, this piece is called When You Leave. My room is a funeral of weekends, a museum of you. I search for you, but only find it's so warm with love. There are clothes on the floor. I picked up your lost sock like it's something you'll never wear again. Dirty cups are slowly placed in the sink, drowning in the loneliness of Sunday nights. No one sits at the table. The quiet house is loud with disappointment and reminders. I mourn your presence when you leave, even though you always come back. So thank you, Emily, uh, for sharing this lovely poem. We had a piece a few episodes ago. Um, where I believe I remarked on the idea of how much impact we have on, on each other in our lives, especially when it comes to a relationship. 
um, living together. Uh, romantic feelings, there being the person you consider uh, your most loved one on the planet. And looking at absences, uh, either short or permanent, all the things that we leave behind, all the items and things that are just completely stained in memories, uh, with memories. No matter who you are and what kind of life you live, you do leave an impression. And so this poem is a cute reminder of that, was um, one way to put it, of even though it seems like at first like a daunting poem, uh, the fear of the, you know maybe the person died or the relationship ended, but it ends with you. They always come back. So the narrator looking around, seeing the mementos, the house. I really like the uh, line, uh, "Drowning in the loneliness of Sunday nights," referring to the dirty cups. That when you truly care for someone, even when it's on short leave, sometimes you can't wait for them to be back home. So thank you, Emily, uh, for sharing uh, this wonderful poem. By Daisy Pascal, this is called A Macabre Love Letter. You held me when I was still the barest essence of a person. You loved me so beautifully with your damaged mind. You gracefully slurred your kind lies out from an aching mouth, sore from a series of fake smiles. I'm sorry I couldn't save your cotton wool brain. I'm sorry I didn't try and wipe the black tar away from your fragmented world. I will love you forever, my darling. And it pains me that that couldn't save you. That love was too sweet and made you search for the bitter crack of danger and the alluring oblivion of death. So thank you, Daisy, uh, for being willing to share your work with us. Now, this poem, you can definitely interpret it in many ways that you want to interpret it um, from a the narrator being uh, the one left after someone they're close to maybe commits suicide or dies or a relationship ending. Um, but it would have really brought back to my mind can be the strain of loving someone who is maybe not in the greatest place, who has their demons that they're heavily contending with, whether because of birth or circumstances or what have you, um, that they're struggling and you obviously care for them. And if something like even addiction, where you hope that your love and feelings would be enough to save them, and it isn't. Maybe to ease their pain, and it's not. And I've said this before, but I also think that it's always a good reminder that even if you're not the one struggling with those kind of notions in the relationship, or whether platonic, romantic, or what have you, it's okay to admit you're at your wit's end, to take a break, or take a breather, or figure out how to, for you to survive it as well. You know, we're all still accountable for ourselves and we all still need to treat ourselves as best as we can because at the end of the day, if no one else does, then who will? And so yes, 
Continue loving and helping others, but don't stop loving and helping yourself. And Daisy, I just, yeah, I mean, this piece brought back to, in my mind, uh, situations and relationships that kind of hinted and harked at um, this poem and your words that you chose. And as I said, to me, that powerful line in this is, I will love you forever, my darling. And it pains me that that couldn't save you. Sometimes love isn't enough in all cases. Um, but we, we have to go on. So thank you everyone for sharing such great and really spring to summer flavored poems. Um, as I said, people must be really itching to go outside or outside is really... Uh, got them uh, motivated and inspired. All, every single piece was amazing. I enjoyed reading them. Uh, people were great at giving feedback and on their inspiration for why they wrote what they wrote, which I always love to read so I can get a little peek behind the curtain, which is always fun. And it kind of gives me some ideas of what to share with all of you listening, especially if you're trying to find motivation to write, to get started, to continue what have you. As always, this podcast is meant for you, the writers, and you, the listeners, to encourage, to keep up the craft and art. If you just choose to listen, it's also here to relax you and to comfort you, um, maybe make you reflect on things a little bit, short enough to be taken on a drive. So thank you for everyone who was a part of this week, and everyone who is submitting uh, from uh, Reddit and every and the posts there and Twitter and all you guys have just been great. We're on episode 19, which blows my mind. And I started this in December, really not considering anyone to really listen to it or maybe wanting to share. Um, but it's been great so far, so I've been overjoyed uh, regarding that. Trying to think if there's any last announcements. There isn't really, but as always... The episode description has the writer's uh, social or names, uh, depending on how they want to be shared. Um, so you can take a look there. If there's no way to re really reach the writer, you can always message me on one of my socials or send me an email. And that way you can uh, let me know, hey, I really like so-and-so's piece. Can you let them know? And I can forward that message on your behalf. I'm sure the writers would love uh, to hear some praise like that so please do if you find time just message me and i'll pass on the message if you're looking to submit your own piece uh, it's really easy so one the, the old way and still is one of the main ways is to go to my twitter dead letter cast that's c-a-s-t and send me uh, a dm or you can see there which is the main way for a lot of other places is my email deadletterradiopodcast at gmail.com send me your piece uh, from there include if you can include the date of when you're sending it the title and your name or social media or if you want to be anonymous uh, that way I can give you credit the way you prefer credit to be given and then if you're emailing me it I prefer that a PDF of the piece is sent um, but if it has to be a Word document uh, I can make that work as well but yeah send me your piece uh, the title, all that information, that way I can organize it and have it ready correctly for a future episode. Uh, I'm holding on to pieces now, it's kind of the plan, for about 60 days, and so that way I can give everyone 
who submitted a chance to be featured on the eight or so episodes that are from the time you sent them in uh, to the end time. And that way, I can balance new and old submissions coming in and try to give everyone that fair chance to be included. Uh, if you want to follow me other places, I also have an Instagram. It's Dead Letter Radio. I won't talk about my postage history there because I am working on it. <laughs> but that is also there too, so feel free uh, to follow me there. And if you have any friends or family that write or you think are great writers or you want to encourage them to write, point them in the direction of this podcast. Or if you're encouraging them uh, to maybe find something new to relax with, maybe they like you know, novels and poetry and just like to listen and read, uh, point them in this direction. And if you enjoyed this episode and the idea of this podcast of encouraging writers and giving a great, safe, artistic space, um, leave a review. Um, not all podcasting sites allow it, um, but Apple Podcasts or iTunes, you can leave reviews there. Um, on Spotify, you can follow, and we're also looking at a few other platforms, too. Um, that way, it just allows me to know how the podcast is going. It also allows the podcast to grow and reach more ears, so it's a great help. Either way, thank you so much for everyone who's listened. This is Taze with Dead Letter Radio, and I'm wishing you all safe travels. <laughs>